Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Mystery on the Rocks Do Hollywood. We're doing a special <laughs> miniseries. Chris has handpicked some lovely unsolved mysteries from Hollywood through the ages. We're going right from the, I believe we started with the 20s with Fatty Arbuckle. 1921. With me as always, firstly, of course, is fantastic Chris Stokes. Hello. And the wonderful Suze Kempner. Hi, I just found a tiny bit of lettuce on the ground and it's so dry. It's like a bit of paper that's got little tendrils coming off it. But it's strong, man. It's so strong. Her name, Eartha Kitt. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else. I've got nothing else, just this bit of paper lettuce <laughs> and, and my uh, <laughs> podcast, <laughs> my podcast husband. <laughs> so uh, welcome. And as you know, if you've listened before, if you haven't, your first time here, this is the show where we take unsolved true mysteries, put them in a cocktail shaker, mix them up with a cocktail and then drink it all up. Shots. Um, the yeah, fuck up. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find a good intro. I don't know how long it's gonna take me. We'll get there. I'm gonna figure it out. Keep looking. I want, Keep it, to, looking. I want <laughs> it to be by trial and error as well. I don't want you to have taken like an hour or so and have written one by next week. The, oh, the, don't you, worry. Yeah. I will definitely not take an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to. <laughs> Mystery on the rocks. Oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. So first, let's let's do the rounds. What what are we all drinking, guys? I made this. What have you looks got? Good. What is that? That looks nice. Do you know what it is? <laughs> put, it's a gimlet, so it's lime cordial and gin, equal parts, yeah. with an added ingredient. <gasps> Bit shot of Grand Marnier. Oh, and it looks like piss. So I've named it. Yeah. Looks like piss. <laughs> looks like piss. That's a good yeah. uh, can I have a can I have a looks like piss? Please? Hey, yeah, uh, I have a looks like piss, please. And you <laughs> and every time you order it, you're like. <laughs> I'm a funny fucker. I, I drink a drink that's called Looks Like Piss. But it's really nice. You know what a gimlet is? It's all sharp and sweet. Yeah. Sharp and sweet, like a tangfastic Haribo. Oh, mm. those are my favorite Haribos. They're so good. They're so good. This tastes like that, but with a luxury festive edge. Ooh, but it looks like piss, which is it, But it looks like piss. What are you drinking, Chris? It's called a fourth regiment. I thought he was going to say the Fourth Reich. I'd be like, well, here we go. <laughs> Chris, for fuck's sake. <laughs> a thousand years this drink will go on. <laughs> it looks, it's got, it's the most luxurious, beautiful colour. Yeah, look at that. That's rich. Mm. Yeah. Rich. It's, um, what is it? It's almost, but not quite a Manhattan. Oh, okay. Um, so a Fourth Regiment is whiskey, mm-hmm. sweet vermouth, equal yeah. parts, but then it's enhanced by dashes of. Orange bitters, celery bitters, and Creole bitters, oh. and then garnished with lemon zest. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're, they're, they're really nice, because this does not taste like a Manhattan at all, and yet it's basically ah. a Manhattan just with... 
different um, bitters. It's funny that Celery. like that's what'll set something off. It's like yep. the bitter, and it's the difference between a bitters or a vermouth. Is like, so I'm gonna say tonight's yes. drink for the stream. It's a variation on a whiskey sour, and like everyone's like, oh well, you know how how far can you go? With that you can go pretty far as soon as you start chucking bitters and other stuff into it. So that one has uh, orange liqueur in it, and then it just it, it becomes a completely different drink. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yes, if you if you listen to our podcast, you should watch our live stream. Yes, absolutely. All, all, yes. all are welcome. How we do it is it's on Twitch, twitch.tv slash mystery on the rocks at 8 p.m. on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. And you don't need anything special. You just go to that website. Yeah, you can. You just don't go. need to be a member, but you need to sign up if you want to chat with us. And you yeah. can. What are you drinking, Masood? Uh, this is this is one I made on on my streamers, uh, which I do on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays. This is a Benchley. Oh, I really want to try one. So this is made with whiskey. So I make it with rye whiskey, dry vermouth, and a pineapple sriracha syrup. Oh, how do so, you make that? So you make a pineapple syrup by using uh, equal parts. Uh, pineapple juice and sugar. I don't know, like 120 grams of sugar and 120 mils of uh, pineapple uh, juice. You put them in yeah. a pot. You mix them. You you put the sugar in and about a quarter teaspoon, maybe half a teaspoon, depending on how spicy you like it, of sriracha. And you yeah. just stir it on a low heat until the sugar melts. And then that's the syrup. That's it. I really want to try it. It's really nice. It is. It sounds really good. It's really delicious. So shall we rewind the clock to 1922? Yes, we should. Wow, this is one year after last week's case. Oh, this is uh, this is almost concurrent. Oh my god! Oh, okay. it's a year if later. If you remember, last uh, last week's case was the death of Virginia Rat. Mm. Yes, a crime for which Fatty Arbuckle was tried three times. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. The day before the jury came back with a verdict in the second trial, mm -hmm. film director William Desmond Taylor was found shot in the back. Oh, Whoa. Fatty Arbuckle strikes again. What? Yeah, where was Fatty? That's what I want to know. I, I, I don't know where Fatty was, um, but I, I assume that he wasn't in jail because it was the second trial, so I imagine he was still... I just like to have that clip. I don't know where Fatty was. I'm assuming he wasn't in jail. I just want that <laughs> clip. <laughs> just so I could hold on to it and at some point be like, this is what Chris Stokes said. I don't know where Fatty was, but... So, so De Desmond Taylor was it? William, William Desmond Taylor. Taylor. William, William Taylor, Desmond yeah. Taylor. He was one of the apparently the leading film directors at this point. So yeah. this is kind of like I don't know if Spielberg say had been found dead. Wow. Yeah, this guy was big. Irish American. He was found uh, in his bungalow in Westlake, Los Angeles, which was like a well-to-do neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of his neighbors were in the film business and actors and whatever. This was on the morning, 7.30 a.m. on the 2nd of February. So at the time, the second Fatty Arbuckle trial was still happening. Wow. And a crowd gathered inside, and someone who said that he was a doctor stepped forward and made a cursory examination of the body, and he declared that William Desmond Taylor had died of a stomach hemorrhage. So a shitty doctor. Yeah. It's, it yeah. sounds like a doctor who lived at the fucking hotel at Fatty Arbuckle's oh, hotel. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm a doctor. <laughs> this doctor was never seen again. Um, <laughs> and then oh when doubts later arose, the body was rolled over by forensic investigators, Jesus revealing that he had been shot at least once in the back with what appeared to be a small caliber pistol. The right. gun was not found at the scene. 
Okay. Right? Uh, so already there are discrepancies. Now, as it goes on, actually, I realised apparently people found him dead, but they didn't call the police straight away. And oh. the crime scene is almost certainly to have been tampered with. Whoa. In terms of, like, it wasn't exactly as crime scene investigators found it. How long How long between potentially he had died and, and the phone call to the police? What was the ah. timeline on that? Oh, um, 12 hours, I think. Fuck it. What? I thought it was, like, half an hour or, like, Oh, uh, no, know, so he was... He was uh, they, they determined that his time of death would have been about 10 to 8 p.m. Uh, the, the evening before. Right. Um, uh, but he was officially found at 7.30 a.m. the following morning. Jesus. Wow. They ruled robbery out because in his pockets they found a wallet that held $78, which in our money would be 1100 or 1200 Okay. Jesus, yeah. They found a solid silver cigarette case, a pocket watch, pen knife, a, a, a locket, a two-carat diamond ring was on his finger, so they were like, well, nothing got taken. Yeah. Mm. But apparently a large nebulous amount, they don't know how much, but a large sum of cash that he'd shown to his accountant the day before was missing and was never accounted for. Oh. Well, like he was in his accounts, obviously, like, hey, check this out. See, look at all this money I got. <laughs> like, yeah, you showed it to him in a, in a sack with a big dollar oh, on no, it. That's what I got. See, hey, look at all this money. You look after the money. This probably impresses you quite a bit. <laughs> oh, the, the voice is back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, th- I think, like, a couple of years before this, like in 1920, I think a promising young starlet had died of a drug overdose. Mm. And mm. that was probably the first big Hollywood scandal. Yeah. And then it was sort of compounded by the Fatty Arbuckle scandal and then this one. Right. Yeah. It was sort of all of a sudden became gold dust to the press where they were like, Hollywood's got a seedy underbelly. Oh, and I mean, now yeah, we kind of right. take that for granted, but at the time it would have been like, oh my God, it's not squeaky clean. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a huge old story. Massive film director found shot in the back. Mm. Yeah. Because like nothing like this, this was, this was like a huge industry. This is like new industry. Yeah. And then it's like, and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, then mm. people just start dying. Yes. Mm. If there were things to hide that could damage the industry, of course, then they might tamper with the scene, get rid of a few things that they don't want found. It's the alternate ending. Oh no, we got to get rid of it. Yeah. A couple of suspects were involved mm-hmm. uh, or named at least. So the first one was a guy called Edward Sands. He had prior mm. convictions for embezzlement, forgery and serial desertion from the military. So, what, um, he just kept, they stop hiring him. If he keeps leaving, just keep, like, <laughs> you can't come back, buddy. That's um, how it is. He had multiple aliases, and even though he was born in Ohio, he spoke with an affected Cockney accent. <laughs> oh, oh, I bet it was awful. I bet it was like, yeah. we everybody. It's me from London town. <laughs> as convincing oh. as, uh, as yeah. uh, James Coburn in The Great Escape. You're like, <laughs> oh, he's Australian the entire time. I had no idea. <laughs> such a... They, do you find that Americans, when they do an English accent on a British accent on podcasts and stuff, it always really takes me out of it because they're always terrible. And they always, yeah. they're always like, "Hello, Roit," and like, yeah. "When do we I go?" I bet our Roit? American accents are no better though. Well, I have spoken to an American who was like, oh, it's really annoying because when English people are in American TV and American films, we never realise they're English until we hear them speaking oh. interviews. Apart from Ray Winston in The Departed. Yes. It is shocking. It's so bad. His accent is horrendous. It, and it's him, not just, oh. oh, he can't do Boston. He cannot do any accent that isn't his own. It's like, and here we have our American friend, Ray Winstone. And then he's like, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he can't even do his own accent. <laughs> when he when he's in the car just before it blows up and he's like, I'm not going to go out that way. I'm going to shoot myself. Mm. He goes, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Him and Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor's one is one that is oh like, it God. feels like the dialogue coach left halfway through the production. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I keep trying to tell him that he just won't listen. Ewan McGregor, uh, he, I call him man of 0.75 accent. Because <laughs> it's almost there. It's so close. It's Ewan, so close. Ewan. You could see him really concentrating as well and that makes it worse. That's what it's, yeah, you could see his little it's eyes. Like how, like, oh, Look at him How move. in the Les Mis movie, Russell Crowe's singing is notoriously terrible, mm. but it's actually no worse than Amanda Seyfried singing in that film. But mm. Amanda Seyfried, all the way through, she's like, I'm nailing this all oh. over her face. Whereas the whole <laughs> way through, Russell Crowe is like always about one second away from grabbing his willy and going, I'm sorry. <laughs> like he's playing Javert, who's like this maniacal cop imagine (laughs) imagine such a thing but he like he's meant to be really intimidating and the whole way through Russell Crowe's face is going oh god I'm really out of my death (laughs) and his singing's terrible Uh, you could uh, you can't because of the way films are shot and edited but you could almost see it in his eyes where he's he's realised that there's not a single word in this film that isn't sung (laughs) oh yeah he's like oh 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 shit (laughs) right so uh, Edward Sands was Prior convictions for embezzlement forgery, he worked as Taylor's valet and cook until seven months before the murder. Mm. And while Desmond Taylor had been in Europe the previous summer, Sands had forged his name on checks and wrecked his car. Oh, shit. Oh. What did he use the checks for? Did he Was it just put into his oh, own account? or Almost certainly. That, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That, well, he was an embezzler, wasn't he? Yeah, um, right, right. Uh, also, after that, he burgled William Desmond Taylor's bungalow leaving footprints on the director's bed. Yeah, just remind me of the Charlie Murphy sketch from The Chappelle Show, where Charlie, where he's, uh, he's playing the guy, Rick James, and he goes to Charlie Murphy's house and puts his feet on his couch, and he's like, ah, fuck your couch. <laughs> I feel that's what he did. He just like, fuck your bed. <laughs> fuck your bed. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and he just like, that's right, see? I don't care about your bed. Treat me as your cook, huh? I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> uh, but following the murder, he was never seen or heard from again. And you might think, oh, well, he did it then. But yeah. wait. Oh. Uh, the guy who replaced him as valet yeah. was a guy called Henry Peavy. He also became a suspect as well. Now, this guy, bearing in mind this is 1922. Yeah. Not very enlightened times. Henry Peavy was a black man. Uh, the newspapers uh, reported that he wore flashy golf costumes but didn't own any golf clubs. Oh. Because <laughs> you weren't allowed uh, on golf courses uh, back uh, then. Exactly. Here's some. Here's a fact for yeah. you. <laughs> Three days before the murder, mm. Peavy had been arrested for social vagrancy and charged with being lewd and dissolute. Now, what that means is, I looked into this, uh, he was arrested for soliciting uh, male prostitutes. Oh, uh, that's okay. what the lewdness was. And that, what, yeah. what about the vagrancy? Because vagrancy was a thing that's like, if you're, if you're just hanging around. Yeah, which uh, he was yeah, loitering. Yeah, so loitering. You're not got, allowed to, I bet you no white people ever got done for vagrancy. Yeah, no. My, my like, hey, <laughs> you want to explain to us why you're uh, leaning on a wall? Oh, my, my, I was just waiting for someone. Yeah, you're leaning on a wall. I'm going to write you a ticket. Even though, so this is where this is where the fact that he was a, a black guy in 1922 came in. Mm. People just wanted him to be guilty. Of course. Yeah, right. uh, fucking hell. I can't, it's, it's hard to believe today. Uh, <laughs> to the point where after severe questioning, the police decided that he was not guilty. But right. the Hollywood correspondent for the New York Daily News was oh a God. woman called Florabelle Moore. She came to just a private conclusion all by herself that he was the murderer. Oh, Jesus. So So what she decided to do was she thought she could engineer a scoop by tricking him into confessing. And this was her plan to get him to confess. She knew from films Mm. 
Right. That black people were afraid of ghosts. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. Oh. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Like, that's a, that's that's fucking mental. That's <laughs> like in space. Dogs can't look up. That is ridiculous. It gets, exactly. This gets better. That's ridiculous. Oh my, oh my god. So with the help of two confederates, a guy <gasps> called Frank Carson oh, and a guy called Al Wineshank. I want to. I want to have a beer with Al Wineshank. He's <laughs> uh, You're not going to believe this. Jesus. She offered. She offered uh, PV, the suspect, Henry PV, yeah. $10 if he would identify William Desmond Taylor's grave in the Hollywood Park Cemetery, where she'd oh. already been, so she knew where the grave was. Right. Wineshank had gone on her head no. with a white sheet. No, he didn't. No, he fucking didn't. Oh! <laughs> and, uh, so Flora Belmure and Carson, uh, the, other, the other guy, drove PV to the site. Wineshank came from a tough section of Chicago, apparently, and he spoke like a proper gangster. And when he loomed up from behind the gravestone in the sheets, no. <laughs> he cried out, I'm the ghost of William Desmond Taylor. You murdered me. Confess, PV. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> oh, my God. That's fucking insane. This That's ridiculous. crazy. Yeah, but Masood's already said it. William Desmond Taylor spoke with a British accent. Yeah. Oh my God. And so as soon as he did that, Henry Peavy just laughed out loud. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> because they'd been unaware of the fact that he had That's a not the way I thought um, that was going to end. I thought it was so going to end with this poor black guy running away. Because yeah, in 1922, like, the Klan was at its height. And, he looks like, <laughs> and it looked like a fucking Klan member jumped up behind a gravestone. <laughs> that's what I, that's exa- I, exactly, that's what I thought. It's like, oh shit, you got the, the KKK Klan, on my ass. 1922, because yeah, yeah. like, yeah. the Klan had a big resurgence through that, um, silent movie Birth of a Nation which really yes. lords the clan which came out in 1915 and it basically was like gave the clan second life for over a hundred years so my my thought was like oh god does this end with some black guy running oh, away and they're like no. she he was scared like yeah of the clan yeah <laughs> well the, apparently the, the burning cross thing comes from that movie that wasn't yes. something that they did yeah. originally I didn't know that yeah I, and I remember, it's yeah. at the end of um, Black Klansman the Spike Lee movie yes well, we're, we're, um, yeah. we're going to get into um, a couple of first ever examples of things on film ever, ever so shortly Ooh, in this in this episode in this episode yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's um, my favourite thing my mind is wanking third suspect and again it's almost like you're preempting me perfectly we haven't planned this but the third suspect mm-hmm. was an actor called mabel normand do you know about no- mabel normand Suze? Mm-mm. okay so mabel normand no. was played by marissa tome in the film chaplin oh oh i do know who that is of course yeah. right okay uh, even though she was four years younger than chaplin she'd been in the film industry longer when Chaplin arrived, right. and she kind of took and Chaplin under her she wing. she was too old to date him. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, she took Pito. Chaplin under her wing, and she became Chaplin's sort of mentor. Ah, uh, uh, right, right. She was a popular comic <coughs> actress, and she was a frequent co-star with Chaplin and Fatty Arbuckle. Oh, shit. Ah. William Desmond Taylor was apparently madly in love with Mabel Normand, and there was a photograph right. of her in the locket that was found on his body. Oh. Now, apparently... She had uh, approached him for help during her cocaine dependency. Everyone, everyone was doing it. And when she frequently fine. would relapse, it would really, really upset Desmond Taylor. Yeah. Right. Mabel Normand was incredibly popular. She was like the 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 like a, she was like a tomboy kind of 
screen presence. Did she sort of preempt Mary Pickford, or uh, were they kind same of a time? little bit? They were contemporaries, but mm. she was like one of the one of the most famous women in the world. Right. Wow. She was the first woman to have her name on a production studio. Oh. Oh wow. She was also the first person <laughs> ever. Pictures. She invented the custard pie gag. Get out! Whoa! Whoa. When she moved to Hollywood, she began a relationship with Max Sennett, who was obviously mm. the guy that was in charge of the studio that did Keystone Yeah. Cop. And she had this idea to liven up a particular scene of throwing a custard pie, and it became like a perennial gag in yeah. uh, Keystone films. So that was her joke. Yeah. She was also the first woman to be tied down on railway tracks in silent films. Oh my god! That's her bit. Oh my god. She's a meme. She's the original meme queen. Yeah. That's become a... a, a like a trope. Staple. Yeah. Oh a yeah. Trope, yeah. And get this as well. She directed the very first film where Charlie Chaplin played the tramp. So she was oh, like a she yeah. was like a trailblazer. Right. Yeah. And, and not even 30. Uh, not even 30, yeah. no. Unfortunately, because of her associations with Fatty Arbuckle and then this, so close yeah. together, like <laughs> Fatty Arbuckle, she ended up being, like, ruined. Right. Oh, shit. Oh, God. She was the last person to see him alive. So that's why she became a, a suspect. A suspect. Yeah, but yeah. also, bearing in mind, like, they were able to determine that he died around 8 p.m. the night before. She oh, yeah. she left his home at seven forty five in a happy mood, uh, and she had she was carrying a book he'd lent her. Eventually, the LAPD ruled her out as a suspect after a grueling interrogation. But 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 no one ever really shook the idea that because she was the last person to see him alive, and hmm. uh, and you know she was at the centre of this scandal, but also she was closely linked to Fatty Arbuckle. Like her name was Mud. Oh, really? Did she did she kind of have a resurgence like Fatty did? Because he became a director, didn't he? He did, and even <laughs> then that wasn't a resurgence because it was under the radar. Yeah, but he kind of still made his. She his did make. Way. She continued to make films throughout the nineteen twenties. So her films weren't banned like his were, but she never managed to recapture the heights that she had. Oh, uh, man, she died in nineteen thirty, so before Fatty Arbuckle did, and not that long after. Jesus. This. So she was thirty. What she was thirty eight when she died, and apparently, according to. One of her close friends, a few days before she died, she said to her friend, do you think they'll ever find out who killed Bill Taylor? Okay, so that, you know, she's not going to... Wow. No one, yeah. no one guilty says that. Unless they're like, oh, I wonder who... <laughs> yeah, is going to find ...killed out. Bill Taylor. And then she went like... Yeah. And then she put her hand over her mouth and went... <clears throat> And she's like, she's like spinning that. the gun on her finger as she's saying it. She's like, <laughs> I wonder who. And she's pointing at herself like, <laughs> um, I wonder. I wonder who they. Apparently, dark whisperings surfaced that tied both her and William Desmond Taylor into the occult practices of a cult called Ordo Templis Orientis, which Whoa. was a cult of Satanist Aleister Crowley. Hey, 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 good old Crowley. Oh my God, Crowley. Man, 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 Crowley. He's metal. Because apparently Taylor had been seen in opium dens and indulged. And because in these opium dens, men would smoke the pipe and then they'd have sex with each other. Some said that there were obvious clues in the scene of the crime that led to a homosexual revenge killing and the studios were trying to cover that up which was why oh, that's uh, why okay. it was it was unkempt yeah. um, the scene was tampered with right Crowley just knee deep in hot boys <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just like he just gets he just walks into the opium den he's like right you and you yeah <laughs> light him up light him up for me Crowley play the music play the music <laughs> 
before we move on to the next few suspects, two days after the murder, mm-hmm. uh, it was found out that William Desmond Taylor wasn't William Desmond Taylor at all. Wait, what? He was what? in fact a man named William Cunningham Dean Tanner, who had been a travelling actor, a gold prospector in Canada, and an antiques dealer in New York in the early 1900s. What? Uh, he'd been married to a somebody who was from the, the Floridora Sextet. She was called Ethel May Harrison. <laughs> They'd had a daughter called Ethel Daisy who was born in 1903, and in 1908 he deserted them, and neither had seen or heard from him ever again until a chance viewing of a movie in 1919 revealed to her that the actor named in the credits as William Desmond Taylor was in fact her missing husband. <laughs> what That's fuck? really funny because like he could have easily disappeared but instead yeah. he went, I'm going to be an actor! <laughs> most famous people. <laughs> I'm going to be a famous movie I better star. leave this family and I better do something something that, <laughs> that, that no one will ever find me again. Hey, you want to be in the movie? He's like... <laughs> He's leaving um, with a bindle. He's got like a bindle and says like, everybody's got a hungry heart. <laughs> there was that secret past that could have also... Oh. Yeah, wife or daughter, ex-wife or daughter. They could have the, grown I'd up. seen like, him hey. in the films, yeah, in 1919. Faith Cole McLean and her husband, who was an actor called Douglas McLean, they were neighbours of his. And Faith said that she saw the person that did it. Oh. And she's like, oh, but I'll never tell. <laughs> You're going to have to put me in the movies if you want me to. <laughs> uh, around 8pm, they were started by a loud noise that she thought was a backfiring car. She never thought it was a, a gun. And so she went and opened the front right. door and she saw somebody emerging from Taylor's home who she said yeah. was dressed like my idea of a motion picture burglar. <laughs> what, with the, with the, with the, the swag mask bag. and the swag bag and the, and the, what, like the fucking hamburger. Yeah. Faye sounds like a liar. She recalled that this person had paused for a moment before realising they'd forgotten something, gone back into the house, come back out, flashed her a smile and then ran off, disappearing between two buildings. Faye, you absolute fantasist. Yeah. What, so this burger came out and she saw them stop and go, oh yeah, and went like back in. Tiptoe in, in and went... Because like, that's what you do. <laughs> If you if you mess up in public, like when I'm walking down the street in London and I realise oh, I'm going the wrong way, which often happens because I've got no sense of direction, I can't just turn around and go back the way I came because yeah, yeah. people see me and think I'm mad. So I, I say out loud, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you do, yeah, you do the yeah, like, oh. And, then, and if you... I go, oh, yeah. Yeah, hold up your head, hold up your shrug your shoulders and catch someone's oh, eye and be like, hey, look at me. Uh. Susie's dead right. If I saw somebody just stop, and then just do a uh, like a, a 180 and start walking do a back. Yui. I'll be like, they've yeah. clearly forgotten something, but they handled that very weirdly. Yeah, it's better if you go. Oh, but if yeah. you're a burglar, if you're you're not going to be like that person. That person's probably burgling. No, he's just a person who's forgotten something and clearly going to a costume party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it flashed her apparently, a smile. Apparently, the person that she saw was uh, was was small enough to be a woman passing as a man. Uh, is what she said. Because only women are small. Only women are small. We know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, you know. Couldn't have been. What about if it was Coral Castle Boy? Yeah, oh, he was yeah. teeny. Ed, Ed's lead character. Little tiny boy. The general manager of Paramount Pictures <laughs> at the time was a guy, man named Charles Eaton. And several sources claimed that in the air was following the murder. He'd gone into William Desmond Taylor's home with a group of Paramount employees and removed compromising items before the police had arrived. And bearing in mind that the cri- there right. was enough time for the, that to have happened because criminal investigators what are didn't these arrive compromising yeah. who knows what they were so like, like a bunch of been. giant dildos what, what, what was it Jake does out people I think he was gay <laughs> we only want them to think he was mad <laughs> even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> uh, another suspect was Mary Miles Minter. Uh, the three M's. Wow, let's triple M. Oh. You make me love you, love you, Mary. We're with triple M. <laughs> <laughs> they they must have had some cruel parents. Be like, let's call her Mary. <laughs> let's call her Mary. Why not? Former child star, she was a teen screen idol. Her career had been guided by Taylor. He'd been her mentor, and she'd grown up with her father. Oh. And she was only three years older than uh, the I... daughter that Taylor had abandoned in New York. Um, Love letters from her were found in William Desmond Taylor's apartment. I was about to say compromising items. Yeah. Uh, so, but obviously the the reporters seized on this because they were having a field day by this point. Like, oh my god, yeah. this, these things just keep coming out. Jeez. And so they alleged that there was a sexual relationship between the forty nine year old Desmond Taylor and the nineteen year old Minter, and that it had started yeah. when she was seventeen. But it's been revealed that her love was kind of unrequited because he declined to see her and said that he okay. was too old for her. But nevertheless, there were well, love letters good, but to him found from her. Yeah, you don't keep the letters. If, if, if that's the case, you chuckle yeah. in. This is a massive, massive invasion of privacy because copies um, of her passionate letters were printed in the newspapers. Ooh. And what that meant was, because she was a child Mary star and a teen screen idol, her image as a mm. wholesome young girl was just shattered. Fuck, the people oh, in, this, in the wake of this is insane. Like, everyone oh, yeah, is just, like, it's, like yeah. it's fucking the ripples of all It's of like this a juggernaut that yeah. just, <laughs> just lays yeah. waste to so many uh, so many people. Um, and then she was Fuck. vilified in the press. She made four more films for Paramount, but that was just seeing out her contract. They didn't, yeah, like, yeah. They didn't renew yeah. it. Uh, she did Fuck. receive offers from other producers, but... Apparently, she was never comfortable as an actress, so she turned them all down. And then the other suspect, who many people think is the most likely one, is a woman called Charlotte Shelby. Now, you wouldn't think it... So, the the name isn't very obvious. Charlotte Shelby. she was... She was Mary Miles Minter's mother. Ah. (laughs) Oh. She was uh, manipulative. Uh, she was greedy. Uh, she wanted more and more for her daughter. She was living vicariously through her daughter, basically. But her and her daughter would fall out over money um, and lawsuits, apparently. But they, they did they, they did later reconcile. And her initial conversations with the police about the murder were apparently quite evasive. And, and this is a quote, obviously filled with lies, but without seeing the reports, that's hard to... And also not knowing her personally, that's hard to tell. Well, no, exactly, but, um, yeah. 
apparently she was it was about to do with her daughter's relationship with Taylor who William Desmond Taylor apparently was trying to keep as a fatherly type thing but Minter was obsessed with him in another way yeah um, so she yeah this right. is quite quite a huge piece of evidence that again is circumstantial remember Charlotte Shelby apparently owned a rare .38 caliber pistol and some unusual bullets which were very similar to the kind which had killed Taylor oh. when this information became public about what kind of gun had killed him she yeah. threw the pistol into a Louisiana bayou. Bloody ah, hell. Yes. Okay. Uh, which I imagine it was at that point was probably full, so it probably just landed on the top <laughs> of the bayou. <laughs> it clinks. It clinks. Clink. <laughs> <laughs> she knew the LA district attorney socially. This this sounds good after last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Knowing someone socially is not, yeah. you know, it's never a good start. And she spent a lot of years outside the US to avoid official inquiries by the district attorney's successor and also the press uh, was the district attorney the same da no because that was uh, okay, that was good jesus that yeah, was still I was happening gonna at say, the time is it yeah. Yeah. that was happening at the time but he was also in san francisco because they, okay. they'd gone from he could have it could have moonlighted because that yeah, guy was maybe. a sneaky yeah. fuck they'd gone, <laughs> uh, they'd gone from la <laughs> over to uh san francisco for that party oh that yes of okay. course oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah in 1938 which mm. was a good 16 years after the murder Charlotte yeah. Shelby's other daughter, who was also an actress called Margaret Shelby, openly accused her mother of the murder. Oh, bloody oh, hell. Shit. Openly. You Whoa. did it, mother. What? You did it. Admit it. She was like that. And she did it in front of a casting director as well. She was like, oh, yeah. mother, mother, I know that you did it. Admit it, mother. I'm sorry. Would you like it a little higher? You did it, mother. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll call you on Monday. That was that was great. Thank that you. And she's great. like curtsying while her mum's being dragged away in handcuffs <laughs> by the Keystone Cops. You stupid bitch. How dare you do this to me? Margaret, you bitch. Bring, bring you her back fuck. here. I want to try something else. Bring her back here. I want to try a different way. <laughs> Get me a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, mother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she does like a she does like a quiet, reserved one. Years before yeah. Brando in On the Waterfront reinvented acting when he showed disappointment at Charlie bringing Ooh. out a gun. So oh. uh, there was another there was another uh, suspect. She seems pretty like high. And again, this yeah. was also a lot of this was also trialed by media like last week. Um, of course. In fact, yeah. more so than last week, um, because really? this was bas- this was basically all just like conjecture because the crime scene was not a perfect crime scene. They were no, um, yeah. And also, and also, and also, and also, this, in a horrible way, as we know, victims and women tended to get overlooked. So yeah. Virginia Rapp mm. wasn't the focal point of that scandal. It was Fatty no. Arbuckle. It was Fatty Arbuckle. Mm-hmm. Whereas right, the yeah. focal point of this scandal was Desmond Taylor himself. Um, right. Mm. And and so it wasn't just it, there wasn't just one person to put on trial. Right. Uh, no one knew knew what happened, uh, and uh, yeah. imaginations ran away with them. The press were yeah. the press was like loving it. This was this was sort of like they, I me- I bet they thought this was like a whole new paradigm, as it turned out to be, because they were like they they were reporting on Hollywood as this debauched place now. Well, it, it fucking sounds like an absolute cesspit, but because of them, yeah. You look yeah. at it. I think it it feels very much like this is where a lot of that evolved from, because it was like there was you know up until that point, pretty much like scandals and shit in the news I don't think were huge they weren't not to that level I suppose and political had, like, po- politics were celebrities the then weren't they like political yeah whereas yeah, stars so, I mean they were literally called the stars because mm, they were mm. godlike the Hollywood stars 
they're untouchable yeah, yeah. they're literally stars and, I mean, and this a, made them like yeah we brought them down to earth look at them they're there. scum and there was like a there was like a, 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 a club of them Mabel Normand Chaplin and Buster Keaton mm. and, Ke- and Pickford uh, yeah. and Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks and like all of yeah. these people um, they all hung out yeah of course they did and, and also people were in awe of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mary Pickford was in a film called How Could You Jean <laughs> That's amazing. That's an amazing. Oh wow, <laughs> Suze, I think you'd. Uh, I think you'd like reading up on Mabel Norman because she, her production company, that was the first production company to ever have a woman's name on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that production company unfortunately only made one film, oh. but apparently no. How it, was could a mas- you it was a it was a masterpiece. And oh, it, right. it was called it was called Mickey. Oh. The first film that Chaplin ever played the tramp in was one directed by her where she was also the star and it was called Mabel's Strange Predicament 1914 oh this is um, because he he, the first film I've never seen that the first film of his I've ever seen was called Tilly's Punctured Romance and it's weird he because he's not playing the little tramp but he's like this Lothario young Lothario because he was so handsome she was in that Mabel Normand was in that ah is she the young girl in it she must be. I'm not sure about that, but no, she's uh, she she's in that. Oh, she's in Tilly's Pumpative Romance. She directed the first film that Chaplin played the tramp in. Yeah. But um, the films were shot out of sequence, so it ended up not being the first one released. Right. Oh, of course, right. So, okay. It, it was the first film we'd ever played it. And also he credited her directing style to give, giving him the leeway and confidence to create a character for the screen. So right. in a lot of ways... Like the film industry has got a lot to thank Mabel Norman for. Yeah, yeah. she was um, a pioneer, man. Yeah, and then yeah. because she was just unfortunate enough for a murder victim to have fallen in love with her. Mm. Yeah. Because he had the locket with her picture in it because he was besotted with her. Oh, God, I bet he was a right annoying reply guy. Oh, God, yeah. Hey, Mabel, yeah. I saw you. I saw you. Uh, show feet, funny. stop. <laughs> <laughs> Does he want me to show them or not? I don't understand. Operator, <laughs> operator, operator. I want to send a telegram. To, to Mabel Norman, stop. <laughs> show feet, stop. <laughs> Apologies, stop. <laughs> you can't stop me wanting to see your feet, Mabel. There was one more major suspect that kind of like the media threw up, which was Margaret Gibson, and she was another actor. Yeah, uh, Margaret Gibson's worked, famous. She'd worked with William Desmond Taylor when he first came to Hollywood. In 1917, and again, this is another case of like, the media having it out for someone in 1917 she was indicted tried and acquitted on charges acquitted is the main thing on charges equivalent to prostitution and with allegations of opium dealing and after that scandal bearing in mind she was acquitted but she still had to change her name she changed her name to patricia palmer yeah Uh, and in 1923 which was after the murder she was arrested and jailed on extortion charges but they were later dropped okay at the time of the murder she was 27 years old Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was in Los Angeles at the time of the murder. No record of her name was ever mentioned in connection with any investigation. Mm-hmm. But soon after the murder, she got work in a number of films produced by William Desmond Taylor's studio at the time of his death. And you might be thinking, well, why is she important to this? Because shortly before her death in 1964, she apparently confessed to doing it. I. This is what, what? I've heard of her. I had no idea it was this murder. I've heard of this woman who... She was like... Um, she wasn't that old, was she? But it, she was, obviously it was years and years later, but she said, I did it mm-hmm. in like a desperate, I need to tell you this. Yep. Why do I know that? Because I, his name wasn't ringing a bell. Anyway, to me, that says she did it. <laughs> 
those are all the suspects, revelations and stuff, all the key bits of information. But because the crime scene was really poorly managed and, you know, apparently, like, fell, fell of corruption, yeah. a lot of physical evidence was lost, uh, more vanished yeah, over the years... Oh, so they just couldn't hold on to the evidence? It yeah. just kept disappearing? <laughs> copies, of a, <laughs> copies of a few documents from the police files, they were made public in 2007, which is where a lot of this oh, yeah. stuff has come from. Oh, I see. Okay. A lot of theories were put forward immediately after the murder and then as it went on. Books have been published about it. Some claim to have identified the murderer, but a lot of it's hearsay and you can't really trust what you... A lot of, and a lot of it is also because it was the basis of um, a lot of this new genre of true crime fiction. So, like, oh, you know, like... And this was back then? Or did oh, no, no, now, no, no, in, in the interim. But, like, you know where oh, time right. has... Um, you know where they, they, they take a real case and then write a novel yeah. about it? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, And they're like, yeah. oh, this is, this is how I think it happened rather yeah. than this right. is how it happened. That's kind of muddied the waters as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no real way of knowing. But it is a key point on our Hollywood graph in terms of, like... Mm big huge crimes it's a yeah. cold case to this day that's crazy um, there are also examples of it cropping up in um popular culture as well oh yeah, yeah. well like where where does it uh, okay, so in, uh, in, in, anyway, in sunset boulevard the film sunset boulevard oh her name's oh, norma desmond uh yeah oh uh, shit of course and oh, the name God. was uh taken from taylor's middle name desmond taylor mm-hmm. and mabel norman's yeah. last name yeah oh, fucking hell as okay. a way of sort of like going it was to resonate with the audience that had a sort of like vague memory of the of what happened thirty years ago. Um, Buster Keaton's in that film. Mm. Looking oh, all. Yeah. <laughs> we need to put Chris's Buster Keaton face on it. Also, the following year from Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood Story. That's based on the Taylor murder. Oh right. Oh shit. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard's mm. a banging movie, isn't it? Mm. Oh. I remember I put that off for so long watching it and then I eventually watched it. I was like, why did I put yeah, this off? Yeah, it's like Citizen Kane. Amazing. You go, it's going to be so yeah. dry and then you watch it and go, oh, what a banger. Gore Vidal made a movie called Hollywood in 1990 which features a fictionalised account of the William Desmond Taylor murder. Oh, really? Um, oh, okay. Also, oh, there was a musical that opened on Broadway what? in 1974 <laughs> called Mac and Mabel. Oh my God, of course Mac and Mabel. Oh, Wherever he ain't. They're saying that film. Yeah. I did it. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> In, and, and that musical depicted William Desmond Taylor's murder. Fucking oh. hell. So um, I, I wish that. they did they I wish they had a scene where they got they got the black guy the black valet and the ghost <laughs> jumps up. That would have been such a great song. Admit it, you did it. That's what you did. <laughs> That's so funny that it's they went, I tell you what black people are afraid of, ghosts. And they're ghosts. like, I got an idea. <laughs> Mac and Mabel was obviously about Mac Sennett and Mabel Normand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also it had, it had the murder in there because they were oh both God, around Oh my God, I can't believe time. I didn't put those um, together. Uh, so Bernadette Peters famous. played Mabel Normand and James Mitchell played William Desmond Taylor in it. Bernadette Peters, my favourite impression that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> those are the best impressions. <laughs> That's that's about it. That's about it. Oh wow, um, that's so good. But you know how could you, Jean, that starred Mary Pickford? How could you, Jean? That was how directed you... by William Desmond Taylor. No oh, fucking shit. way. Yeah. Oh Whoa. no! I should know all these things, and I just didn't. Jean, oh Jean, how could you? How could you murder William Desmond Taylor? I don't have to answer to anybody. Because he was like a, a big player in Hollywood. It would yeah. be like, like yeah, I say, like if Tarantino ended up murdered in these yeah. circumstances, it would be like that. 
And, I reckon and, it, and, it would and be like, you know Uma Thurman's career cool. would be ruined because they'd certainly find a picture of her on Uh-oh. him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, I can't believe we're going to reference Quentin Tarantino and Uma Thurman and not let show feet go by. <laughs> he likes her the best because she's got the biggest feet yeah. in Hollywood. I reckon. I don't want to be sort of Occam's razor about it and be boring mm. and go for the obvious, but I think my thoughts reading up on it. Uh, probably that it was Charlotte Shelby. Yeah, yeah, I which, was leaning towards um, her too. Although the, I did like the idea of the other person in the who in confessed. The 60s. It was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Who was that I again? Think, what was her name? Uh, her name was Margaret Gibson. I think maybe uh, if it was Margaret Gibson who and yeah, you're right, Suze. Confessing to it kind of implies maybe she did do it. <laughs> you did it. But, but what what would bitch. be the what would be the um what would be the motive? I suppose maybe cocaine. Uh, cocaine. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't steal any actual like she could have stolen loads more stuff no but she, she asked him for some and he went okay i'll give you some when i'm finished with it and then for a joke he sniffed up a whole bowl oh. of it and he was like yeah. in one big sniff and he went <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone it's all your fault it's gone i left my wife and family do you think you mean anything to me <laughs> and she was like everybody's got a hungry heart everybody's got a ha, 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 ha. <laughs> left a wife and kids in baltimore jack Went out for a walk and became a great actor. Um, um, yeah, she did I'm it. I'm imagining she's saying that with a gun holding to her hip, as she's saying. <laughs> like he pull, she pulls it out and he's like, what have you got there? Oh, I'll show you what I've got here. <laughs> oh, I, I see you have uh, something that you're... Are you pleased to see me? No, but I'm pleased to shoot you. And she shot him. <laughs> oh, and then he does like, oh. the, the classic, like, 20s, like... Oh, and he holds his hands up. Yeah. And then, like, he falls on a dresser. Yeah. And, like, she shoots him in the back and he, like, arches back up again. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, also maybe... Because this could have been lots of different things. Like the people that corrupted the crime scene could have had nothing mm. to do with the murder. So let's yeah. say, let's say, let's say, yeah, Margaret Gibson did shoot him. He was discovered dead by the neighbour. Yeah. Then the uh, the studio showed up and they discovered they discovered a lot of evidence that could have discredited them, which they didn't need after the Fatty Arbuckle scandal and now yeah. this. Yeah. So they were like, fucking hell. They'd already <laughs> lost a load of money because Fatty Arbuckle's. Um, Films have been Trials. banned. Oh, they were paying. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought so they were maybe, they So maybe then they were like, "Oh shit, we can't lose any more. Let's get rid of all this stuff that yeah. could even like show him in a bad light in any way." Right. They didn't care <laughs> about the love letters from a teenager because they didn't think that was bad. Yeah, of <laughs> so course. Like, oh, that was the like, all of the all of the stuff yeah. about maybe this this cult, this Satanist cult, this this Crowley cult that he was going to. They were like, "Get rid of that." Yeah. Yeah. Crowley. And yeah, and maybe maybe that doctor. That fake doctor who said, oh, he's died from a hemorrhage, uh, despite a bullet hole in his fucking back. <laughs> he's like the opposite of Ken Brennan. Yeah, maybe he was like, maybe he did it. Maybe, Or maybe he knew who did it and was protecting them and was like, he to give you time a, to get away, yeah. I'm going to say that he wasn't shot. He could have been like, yes, yeah, a plant of some kind that comes in and goes like, ah, just to like, just to, because yeah. also he's tampering the crime scene. He's yeah. just fucking around, walking around, being like, ah, hey, what's this? What's happening over here? It's definitely a hemorrhage. Um, I think he had someone in the back of the crew. I think he's been shot in the back. Oh, <laughs> oh and then you shot me a bullet hole. It's there. Oh, smart guy, eh? What, are you a doctor? <laughs> actually, I am. Yeah, I'm a doctor, I'm actually. A doctor. They call me <laughs> Dr. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon uh, Faye wasn't lying and it was the Hamburglar. <laughs> I reckon, yeah. <laughs> It must have been the hair. She was like, first I saw the hair burglar, then there was this big purple guy who didn't know what was going on. I think he said his name was Grimace. (laughs) (laughs) He was the one that smiled at her on the way back. Grimace Grimace was just like, and Hamburg was like, oh, Grimace, you 
fucking moron because he swears <laughs> a lot. Because he's got the, he's a, quite a short guy. He's got short man syndrome. <laughs> so he's very much like, you fucking piece of shit. God damn, son of a bitch. Oh, calm down. Calm down. I'm sorry. He's like, you did a real bad thing there, Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> Blaming We're going to jail. We need to get our stories straight. <laughs> Grimace, you did it. You know, I don't think I did. You did, you did. You just don't oh. remember it because you're so stupid. Ronald's going to be mad. So let me get this straight. You two went to William Desmond Taylor's house. There's only one clown in this outfit, and it's fucking me. <laughs> There's only one thing I can think of, and you're not going to like it. <laughs> We're going to have to go see the king. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 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 look who it is. <laughs> Ronald Grimace and Hamburglar, is it? Shut the fuck up. You know my fucking name. You know my fucking name. Well, I can't help you out, but we're going to have to go and see the colonel. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, looks like you boys are in a spot of trouble. You sons of bitches, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'll just reach into my drawers of 19 secret herbs and spices. And he reaches in, it's just a fuckload of heroin. Crazy. There are more to come uh, in the Hollywood case files. I quite like how deep it's getting, too. This is, we're wading headfirst into some really crazy (laughs) shit. Yeah, boy. And it's nearly 100 years ago. Yeah. I know. And it's like, and it's just as crazy as now. Like, you hear that story, you're like, fuck, it's like nothing's changed, man. Yeah, but there's no Twitter. So it was just people on street corners go, do you hear what happened with Fatty and William? It's two different (laughs) things, but they go together like lamb and tuna fish. But also, like, this woman that set up this fake confession for Henry. Henry Peavy, the, the, the valet. Yeah. She yeah. was a fucking reporter. Jeez. So, like, that was, if, if she yeah. was the caliber of reporter that was at the time, then trial by media is just. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's insane. It's impossible yeah, not it's to. It's bullshit. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Fucking hell. Do you want to hear what I found in the archives? Yeah, what have you found oh, in the yes. archives? I found this in the archives. It's not from the time, uh, mm. but. Basically, Bernadette Peters had another song in Mac and Mabel, which never made it to Broadway. Oh. Have you got it on you? Yeah, I do. I've got it. It's yeah. it's from uh, a, a CD bootleg that was given to me by uh, a man. He said it was cursed and <laughs> I had just run over his son. Oh, wow. But nothing <laughs> oh, bad's dear. happened to me since I listened to it. So I think we okay. can listen to it too. Cool. I think it should be all right. Okay. I can't wait. As everybody is aware, William directed a movie called How Could You, Gene? Oh, Gene, how could you? I know who killed William Desmond Taylor. It was Gene, it was Gene. Couldn't cope with being known as a failure. It was Gene, she's so mean. Let's talk about Gene. Well, you see, William made Jean a star in her own right. That was until I came along, and Bernadette 
stars. The star of this show. William knew that I shone brighter and so much bigger than Jean. And, well, I suppose you could say... Jean hated me as she did, so she killed William. How could you, Jean? How could you, Jean? Your career was just fine, it was brilliant Until Jean became a husband. She couldn't deal with me being more So she shot William dead on the floor And she never paid for what she did Well, Jean, let's settle the score How could you, Jean? It's a terrible crime Shut William down in his directorial prime You got away with it, Eugene, you slime And it wasn't a drinking game gone wrong this time And that's the story of Jean Wow, wow Bernadette oh, Peters, right. you can't deny that was Bernadette that Peters was I really okay. hope that none of us are cursed after listening to that. And that goes for you too, listener. It's like the ring. You can't, yeah. if you, that's it. We've all got it now. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as Sue's mentioned before, obviously you can find us, the live show. We're doing a live stream every Thursday on Twitter, on Twitch. Twitch. Um, Twitch.tv slash Mr. on the Rocks. Mm-hmm. That's at eight o'clock on Thursdays. And we all individually have our own Twitch streams if you would like to follow those. Suze? Twitch.tv slash Suze Kemner. I was just trying to think if, I, the, yeah, this is going to have any time. So today's Thursday because you're definitely listening to it on the day it came out. Eat yes. shit, Slippy. Uh, um, it's yeah. So t- tomorrow, Friday, the 3rd of July, 7pm, I will be doing the whole of Les Miserables. Please sing Javert's bits as Russell Crowe. Okay. Oh my God, please. I'll do, do I will. I've got a thing that I always say about the Les Mis movie when I'm drunk. Oh, what's Which that? Which is? Eddie Murphy should have played Javert and he would have won an Oscar. That, I can see that though. Yep. Yeah. I think he would have won an Oscar for it. I think that's the I think that's the hottest of takes. Um, that is, that when is I'm drunk, the... I'll say it again. Um. <laughs> you can find us on uh, <laughs> Mr. on the Rocks Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, it's the same Mr. on the Rocks spelled R O X. You can find us. Uh, you can email us. You can be Mystery like Mr. on the hey. Rocks spelled correctly at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Yeah. You'd be like fucking hey, talk about this Hollywood story. Also, if you like, if you're enjoying it, subscribe. Give us some. Give us a review. Yeah. Uh, tell your friends if you think people are like this yeah. podcast. Let yeah. them know. Keep it let them know. Do if they've got a birthday coming up, write a card and say, "Here's your gift. Listen to Mystery on the Rocks podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> Eat shit, Slippy." <laughs> and join us next week for another Hollywood mystery. Yeah. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.